When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jamie Bure is going to give us the perspective of the RLPA. He is the player operations manager uh, currently at the RLPA, and he joins us this morning in the Mowers Club. Morning, Jamie. Morning, fellas. How are you? Good, Jamie. Good, Jamie. Thanks for joining us, brother. How's everything going? Obviously, um, we're really good mates. Uh, I know you've been going through a lot uh, over the last – oh, not even – sorry, last week, I suppose, for an extended period of months now. Um do you want to just get straight into it, mate, with all with all the news that's coming on? So let's get straight into the nitty gritty, mate. Why wouldn't the players be willing to sign this deal? What's sort of what what are some of the main reasons that are holding it back? Well, mate, um, the NRL's been quite quick to, to to say this is a landmark deal and, and always talk to the the financial aspect of it. The finances aren't in dispute; it's been agreed, and it's a tale as old as time, mate. It's, um, you know, if you can paint the players as greedy, uh, you know, it's a, it's a story they like to run. But the truth is, mate, when you look under the cover, you know, the terms and conditions and, and certainly some of the player rights, it's just not a palatable deal. Uh, certainly in the take-it-or-leave-it format that the NRL has kind of pushed on the players. Um, I mean, there is a lot. There's a lot of changes and there's a lot of issues, so I won't touch on all of them, but... Probably one of the, the main ones is player autonomy of funds. So, as I said, the we've agreed on the player's share of revenue and the amount of money to go to the players. The vast majority, that's the salary cap. You know, obviously, that's that's where you know we want to make sure the players are getting paid. But there's about 10% of that that goes towards player funds. So, that's the player's share going towards their funds. Wellbeing program, injury hardship fund, past player program, um, general hardship, even, you know, their player association's funding. Now, the NRL's position in their take it or leave it is they want to have parent control to determine how much the players can attribute to their funds, their funds. So their money, their funds, but the NRL wants the, the ability to control how much and to what category. Now, We've got a very qualified board of directors. Now, they've been elected by the players. The players trust them uh, to manage their share of the money. I mean, the Australian Cricket Association had this fight with their governing body in the 90s. That's how far behind we are in rugby league where we're still having this battle for the players to have a say of their funds and where that money goes. I mean, mm. it's, it's embarrassing when you put it into context there. Um, Player data, like the NRL's position on player data is it doesn't comply with privacy laws. I mean, from a take-it-or-leave-it perspective, I mean, we can't agree to that. You know, there'd be poor leadership, poor governance for the RLPA to even agree to those terms. Um, They want to add two games to the schedule without agreement. I mean, what industry could you add additional hours, days and weeks to an employee's workload without agreement? Yeah, that's And they say that two... Mate, they say two games is immaterial, Hoz. So we play together. I look at the game now, uh, and James, I look at the game and see how fast and physical it is. I just can't agree that two games the NRL is immaterial mm. um, and, and doesn't need agreement. Um, I mean, they want to reduce the financial reporting. Uh, they don't want the ability for the RLPA to hold them accountable. Uh, they want to be able to exploit the player IP rights. 
I mean, the list goes on and on that really doesn't paint this landmark deal as a landmark deal because if it was, we would have signed it already and I'd be on holidays, mate, because it's been, it's been a long <laughs> couple of years. Yeah. It's, uh, I'd love to sign it. I'd love to be telling the players how bloody good it is, but the reality is it's not. It's not where it currently sits. Well, a couple of, a couple of things you said there straight away, Jimmy. The take it or leave it really stands out to me. So... It felt like this was trending in the right way at some point at the start of the season to get it all kicked off with um, some of the proposals that you guys were, were going to follow through with the players. At what point did the communication stop? Like, at what point has it sort of hit the take it or leave it from the NRL side? How long has that been happening for a while now and caused you to get it sort of get to this point now where you're, you're on a media ban with the players? Well, look, you'll probably remember earlier in the year um, there was a bit of a breakdown and, and the players um, decided to take some action because, you know, particularly the male playing group, they wanted the, the, the NRLW players to get a signed term sheet. So that's why they took some action earlier in the year, yep. um, you know, in support of the, the, the NRLW playing group, um, able to get that where we needed it. Negotiations progressed throughout the year. And the reality is a lot of the, a lot of this is agreed. That's the disappointing thing. There's a fair bit of this that's already been agreed by all parties. Um, but in the last four months, uh, about four or five, six weeks, um, you know, we put forward a settlement proposal to the NRL uh, where the players took concessions. I mean, one straight off the bat is they want the NRL to have the first $300 million they make above forecast so they can invest it in the game, protect the game's future. The NRL responded with a take it or leave it with some of the terms that I just took you through at the top that are just just not palatable. Uh, and, you know, it was about a week and a half ago that the, the position, or maybe two weeks ago, that the NRL's position was, this is our best offer. Uh, we suggest you take it uh, or leave it. And if, when the players are backed in a corner like that, I mean, what options are left? Mm. Uh, what options are left? If, mm. if, if that's the ultimatum, it's either suck it up, and, and certainly some of those terms and conditions are just... You just can't suck them up. Uh, just on the international player payments, um, Jamie. So yep. currently I, I was of the understanding that international player payments were played by the national um, governing boards, for example, New Zealand Rugby League, the Australian Rugby League, Fijian Rugby League, wherever it may be. So the NRL is proposing um, that the player payments for those international tests now come from the pool of money uh, allocated to the players from that percentage of the revenue is is that correct and and how how would that work then for the revenue generated from those games would that go back to the players fund as well no well yes you're right in uh, James just straight off the bat generally that has been um, you know the remit of the nations um, yeah. the NRL's position is you know they want to have an NRL run international schedule and they want it fully funded by the current NRL and NRLW players um, which the reality is, I mean, I, you know, in my career, I was never lucky enough to play international footy. And, uh, and the reality is the majority of our members aren't either are going to have that opportunity. So um, their current position, uh, they want the players, and the ARLC is quick to point out that they want to invest in the international game. Their current proposal has the current players investing in the international game. For those that actually participate in internationals, they're paying for their own way. That, that's exactly how their proposal reads. And worse, whatever money is generated from that tournament, the NRL is proposing to keep that too. Um, now, what we want, you know, we want equal payments for nations. Now, we, like, we were the first ones to actually put equal payments for all nations on the table. But what we want to do is let's have a look at 
how much money is going to be generated from those international fixtures? You know, if the NRL wants to have an international window at the end of the year, how much money is that going to generate? Because I know from a governance standpoint, they're going to have to have told their commission how much. You know, the commission is not going to agree to an international window without knowing how much is going to be generated. Mm. So let's, let's look at what's being generated. Let's sit down with the nations, because at the moment they haven't been included in this. Let's, in, let's include the nations and let's come up with a sustainable model for equal payments based on that, genera- uh, that generated revenue. Uh, instead of having the, the current players fund it, Let's have it funded by the money that these fixtures generate. I just think, you know, aware of the belief that that is a sustainable model moving forward and one that we've got to we've got to truly consider. Yeah, mate. And to consider something like that, um, you need probably buy-in from all the players you talked about. You've got over 800 members. Uh, when something like this happens, mate, uh, the buy-in from the players across the board. How how quickly did this? You know, did you uh, were you able to achieve the buy-in from all the players? Um, how does the process go out? How do you then what, – what sort of players do you reach out and do they pass it on to the rest of the, the playing group? Because I know Sticky's come out and, you know, he's got comments around some players not, not, not knowing what's going on. It seems like from a player's perspective, they are all buying in. It's just there's a, there's a different messi- message out there, isn't there? Yeah, for sure. I mean, decision, most of our decisions, and certainly the significant ones, are made from our board, which is made up of 50% players. You know, now our mate DCE, uh, obviously general president, sits on that board. Um, but when it comes to a decision of this magnitude, you know, we need unanimous support from each level of our player leadership. So we've got our board that's to the top. Then we've got our player advisory group in both the NRL and NRLW. You know, they're some of our leading players, you know, within their club environments. They are the most engaged. They're the ones that sit on the meetings with the NRL, with CBA. They understand the detail. And then we have delegates, uh, RLPA delegates that sit within clubs. So there's between three and five of those that sit within each and every NRL and NRLW club. Now, when it comes to a decision like this, you cannot make it uh, without player buying. And and at the end of the day, it was the group's decision to press on with this. Now, it might have happened quickly, but the frustration in this group, mate, it, it, we just finished our our club visits. Uh, they feel disrespected. You know, it's been going for 20 months. We've had, you know, I've heard the NRL talk about all the hours spent. You know, we've got our players. Their main thing is rugby league. And plenty of our players have sat on hours and hours of these meetings that seem to have not gone anywhere. Um, so it's a frustrated group. You know, we brought together all those player leaders and those levels of leadership, and it was a unanimous decision that, look, in the face of a take it or leave it, um, they felt like this was the only action they could take. And once that decision is made as a group, uh, it's, you know, you know, rugby league, I mean, sport generally and team sport generally, it's, it's an all-in approach. You know, you don't have successful teams without being all-in. And all the players are understanding uh, of the magnitude of this and the risks. Um, but they just think you know, the risk of taking a substandard tier, uh, deal is, is greater. So they've made this decision. Jamie, we've come to this point now where obviously there's a media ban for all players. Uh, how does the NRL overcome this boycott? What, what needs to happen um, to get back to a point where players can do interviews again and negotiations can reopen and we can start making some progress? Look, the best place to start is let's, the NRL needs to agree on we need an independent industrial relations mediator to come in here. Uh, that's the reality of where both you know where we're at 
Uh, let's put both proposals side by side. We've got nothing to hide. Someone that is experienced in these matters to help mediate. And, and let me just clarify, the NRL, you know, they've pointed out that there's been mediators. Well, one of them was Hugh Marks and he was paid by the NRL. Um, you know, and, and that's not to say that he didn't do a good job, but you couldn't say that it's an independent mediator when um, the NRL's paying. Mm. So we want an industrial relations mediator to come in. Let's put them side by side someone who understands best practice and let's work to reach an agreement because at the moment there's only one side willing to negotiate and it's us and you know the players have been painted as you know uh, you know how could they do this and they're the bad guys well they've been left with very little choice uh, so James to answer your question get back to the table mm-hmm. independent industrial relations mediator to work through the proposals uh, and let's let's seek to uh, get an agreed draft CBA that's how the boycott gets lifted. And more importantly, when we get an agreed draft CBA, it's clarity for the entire industry. That's what they want. We want, I mean, this season has been amazing from a, a quality standpoint. We want to be back watching and appreciating the players for what they do on the field. Um, and we're going to need the NRL to come to the party on that. Mate, that sounds super sensible. The, the media mediator uh, proposal sounds super sensible. Sounds like the best possible situation for all this to play out. Jimmy, Thanks for coming on, brother. Um, sounds like you've got a big couple of weeks, months still ahead of you. So appreciate you taking the time out on a Saturday morning to come on the mowers with myself, Missile, and Gibbo. Uh, and all the best with the proposal moving forward, mate. CBA agreement. No worries. Thank you very much, guys, for having me. I really appreciate it.